basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent. What's up, everybody, everybody, and welcome to the All Pacers Pod. We're here to give you all our takes and all the news that we have on the Pacers this week. You can also find us on Instagram at all.pacers for your daily Pacers news and content with our great community of fans. I am here, as always, with Jack and Anthony. How are you guys doing? What up? Ready for it. We also have our producer, Combs, in the mix, just not on a mic. So, hey, I'm here. <laughs> thank you, Combs. No, We're no, gonna... no. Let's keep that mic from Combs. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some players that we've lost over the offseason. Uh, Darren Collison, retired. Bojan Bogdanovic went to the Jazz. R.I.P. Thad Young went to the Bulls. See ya. Corey Joseph went to the Kings. Good riddance. <laughs> oh, there, there, we got some takes firing off already here. What do you guys think? Who, you, who are we going to miss, and who are you okay that's gone? I'll, I'll field this one first. Um, look, I'm, who, who I'll miss the most is Bogdanovic, man. That's hard. That sucks, uh, but I know we can't give him $77 million. So, uh, yeah, watching the TV on trade deadline, watching his name come across, I knew it was just a matter of time. Happiest to see go, though, good riddance, Darren Collison. Oh, wow. I would say arguably the bottom 10 point guards. I mean, there were a lot of point guards in the league probably coming off the bench that were better than Darren Collison. I watched that. I, I, man, there are so many games where he only put up two points two assists and was on the floor like 25 minutes. I'm excited to get a, I'm excited to get a one in there. That's, that's pretty harsh. I'll I'll give you that. Darren Collison probably should have been coming off the bench and would have on a lot of teams, but that guy, he could play basketball. He was a really good three point shooter. Hit shots. He could run, run the, run the floor for us. Make sure the offense was moving. Good at defense. Yeah. Like he wasn't an all-star by any means, but he he was a good player. Yeah. And it might be just an expectation thing. Uh, what I would have always wanted to see for the Pacers, because I don't think we've ever had an explosive one, um, and then wanting to see a, a guard, a really good guard, coupled with Depot to maximize that when you're staring at Wall and Beal and you see Clay Thompson and, and Curry, and I know we're not a large market team like Golden State, but uh, just to see something else coming from a guard type, and and uh, and yeah, Collison, I don't, I think he was a boring player. Yeah, I mean. Boring's a good way to put it. Uh, sure. You know what? I am also bummed to see Bogdanovich leave. Um, the main reason is in the playoffs when we were playing against LeBron, um, he is not the best defender. LeBron could still score on him, but he tried hard, and he was the guy that we'd throw on him, as well as Thad Young, who we lost. But I am less bummed to see go because I'm not a big Thad Young fan. I think he's super overrated. Oh, we got some. Uh, we got to change of heart and Jack from last season. I, I never liked him. Let me clear this up. Oh, no, 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 no. Last year was me being like, I didn't like that young. And you're like, really, man? Come on, man. He's the leader, man. And then slowly, <laughs> over the season, as Thad started to like throw these I mean, terrible passes. I don't know. I'm a Thad young hater, so I was always pointing things out. I think Jack started being like, you know what? I don't think I like him either much. Yeah, for uh, as a Hoosier fan, he reminded me a lot of Troy Williams. Um, if anyone yeah. understands that. Uh, but the the thing is, is he'd get his stats and you'd see at the end of the game that his stats look pretty good and you're like, uh, when did he get this stuff? This was a bad game. But the thing that I'm really bummed about with him leaving and Bogdanovich leaving 
um, is, well, locker room for sure with uh, some of those guys. But when it comes to the playoffs, when we are matched up against the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers, if we get to that point um, to play either of those teams, what we're really lacking is that depth where we can guard um, Giannis, where we can guard Al Horford, or, I mean, Miles Turner can hold his own against um, Joel Embiid, but when we need to guard Giannis or we need to guard uh, well, Al Horford, <laughs> where we have nothing. We have no answer for that. That's where we would throw Thad Young in the past, and that's where we would throw Bogdanovich in the past. So I am bummed about losing those two. You guys are also forgetting that among players with 800 games that average 13.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals, 49% field goals, and 30% threes, it's only Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Thad Young. Hang on. Hang on. How did you put did those in I any specific order? I just, think about that. I just grabbed a totally normal set of stats, and it just happened to be those five guys. Yeah, because Thad Young's higher than fifth on that list. I think we might be uh, uh, talking <laughs> up or uh, miss, missing out on some greatness now. I mean, if if we have a guy that is a combination of LeBron, Michael, Larry, and Magic, you might have the best <laughs> player of all time. Look, if there was ever a player who had the all of those things... It was Thad Young. Yeah, he's definitely a conglomerate of all those players. Darren Collison, I'm bummed to see him go. I did like what Jeremy said. I agree with uh, he's good on defense. He hit those shots. Always top in three-point percentage in the NBA. Um, Corey Joseph, I liked him as well kind of off the, coming off the bench. The only thing that I would say about that is Aaron Holiday, um, with those two leaving, hypothetically is going to get more minutes. I know we did just sign – or we got Malcolm Brogdon and just signed TJ McConnell. Um, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, I like both those guys, but I would have loved to see Aaron Holiday get some more minutes this year. Um, and he still could. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, Darren Collison's hard to see go. Corey Joseph I was okay with. Um, I got sick of watching him dribble with just one hand no matter what direction he was going. But <laughs> Wesley Matthews, too. Bummed to see that guy go. Loved it. Sure. All right, so let's get into some of these new players that we brought in that, like Jack just mentioned. Uh, TJ McConnell. Jack just brought him up. Um, I'm hoping... Aaron Holiday for sure plays over him. Yeah, and Edmund Sumner as well. I don't. I don't. I think he's he's got to be like the fourth guard. He can't be higher on the depth chart than that. I know. We really have to think this through. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, Jer- one thing that I'm most excited. One thing that I think is going to be a huge factor in this year is is Alize, Holiday and Sumner getting minutes, and I can't wait. Uh, I think these boys could have showed out last year. But Nate McMillan is just a G. He's so old school. Your first few years you're going to ride the bench. I know Sumner was injured. But I think we're going to see some insane play this year from those three guys that nobody's expecting. Yeah, when you think about to start the season with Oladipo being out, who our lineup's going to be, we're starting Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb. And then off the bench, I mean, it's going to be Aaron Holiday and TJ McConnell. Yeah, and no matter the stats think. at the end of those preseason games or when they play, if you watch them play, those they explode. Sumner explodes to the basket. Well, that's we gotta hope we gotta find minutes for Edmund Sumner. I don't know where it's gonna come from. I mean, he's probably gonna end up. Oh, I think like it'll be in the minutes. two spot, uh, just especially these first twenty games. I mean, you think they're gonna play him over TJ McConnell to start the season? I think they should. Absolutely, I think they should as well. But I also could see them trying to win as many games as they could and thinking, let's just throw out our best guys we have right now. I mean, potential-wise, I'd rather have Edmund Sumner. Don't get me wrong. TJ McConnell, though, right now, is he going to contribute to the team in a 
more positive way, maybe. And I bet the Pacers organization thinks that as well. Well, I really like I really like the TJ McConnell holiday discussion. I really see Sumner being moved to the two or really filling that spot. Um, yeah, I, I have it also between as the two, two and the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also I really think uh, when when Depot comes back, we could see Brogdon kind of filling that kind of all those first three slots playing anywhere on there. Um, one, the two, or the three. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Let's let's talk about Brogdon. Um, a little bit of an injury concern with his foot. He's he's had it a couple times, but he is a guy who when we have him and Oladipo both back together. We don't really have a one and a two. We've got two guards who can go around the court and do pretty much anything. Absolutely. Um, and he's the, a coach's player. I think any coach would love to have that with Malcolm Brogdon, especially a coach like ours. Yes. Plus, he was in the 50-40-90 club last year. True. Which, uh, not to one-up your Thad Young stats, but <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon... <laughs> Last year, averaged 50% from the field, 40% from the three, 90% from free throw. Here's Just the list like of players LeBron that, James. No, no, not even LeBron. Here's the list of players who have done that ever. There's seven. Larry Bird. Larry Bird did it. This turns into an obscure stat podcast. <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> We're just trying to one-up each other with cooler stats. <laughs> yeah, Anthony, get yours ready next. We're talking about TJ Warren next. All right. We have on this list Larry Bird. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Reggie Miller, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Mark Price from the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the president, Malcolm Brogdon. You heard it here first. Malcolm Brogdon is the next Reggie Miller. Whoa. That's what Jack just said. Jack's like, wait, 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 wait. I didn't say that. No, I don't want to definitively say he's the next Reggie Miller. I want to say that he's either the next. I want to say he absolutely is the next Reggie Miller. No. He's either the next Larry Bird, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Reggie, Steve Nash, Dirk, or Mark Price. Well, time will tell. Oh, sure, sure. I should have known that's what you meant. Here's the one thing I want to see from Malcolm Brogdon. I, I need to see if he can run the offense effectively. Because in Milwaukee, everyone knows Giannis is initiating that offense most of the time. So let's, well, that's the one thing I'm, I'm going to look for from Malcolm, Malcolm is if he can get the uh, – offense going yeah. yeah i also think that that uh giannis probably is burdened with that task a little bit more or just in talks people put that on him i think brogdon really was the guy behind the scenes orchestrating so Giannis can really look as good as he did even though the offense is obviously played through that i think brogdon is probably was such a huge facilitator at making sure the ball went where it should have gone yeah his usage is going to go up this year as well um the thing that he does really well is defense which will be nice when him and Oladipo are able to play together. But a lot of what he's doing in Milwaukee was uh, letting Giannis run the offense. That usage percentage was very high. He let Giannis run it, and then he focused a lot on hitting open shots, clearly, because he's in the 50-40-90 club, but playing defense as well. So if he is a higher offensive burden this year, which is very likely, I mean, we'll see how TJ Warren and Sabonis, if we still have Sabonis, um, how that looks, but I mean you would imagine that Malcolm Brogdon is going to have to carry the load a little bit more on offense. So his defense may drop a little. He may look like a different player, but I am excited to see what he looks like as the point. Yeah, I think he, he, he'll do he'll do really well. I do have some concerns, though, guys. We got some new players in, and our coach, we're a defensive coach. So I really am – one of the things I'm, I'm looking for, like, like in the same sense you were saying, Jeremy, from Warren and from Lamb – I'm really nervous about their defense. Or maybe not nervous. I really just think that that's going to be something 
that we're going to see in the first few games and go, all right, that they're going to need development with that. I think Nate's kind of got some work cut out. Let me jump in. Let's talk about Lamb here for a second because I actually have I have in my notes for Lamb, uh, he needs to be a better defender on this team. Yeah. Um, Three-year, $31.5 million contract, solid deal for a player like that. Great deal. What What can we expect him to contribute this year? Uh, four wins against Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is the Raptor killer. Good point. But... Yes, he has been on Charlotte, who hasn't made the playoffs for the past few years, um, coming off the bench mostly. I think he got a lot of starts last season, but not great at defense, never has been. Um, definitely tries hard um, when you watch his plays. Like He does get his hand on the ball a lot when he really wants to. Um, what he does is uh, spreads the floor, um, can drive to the basket, and I mean can score, not at an all-star rate, but at a... Uh, good rate nonetheless so I think he's a good fill-in for Oladipo until he comes back and then coming off the bench honestly I don't want to get too hyped about him but I think I'd rather have him coming off the bench than Lance Stevenson two years ago and I think I'd rather him come off the bench than Tyreek Evans last season I agree with you yeah uh, I'll agree with Tyreek Evans uh, I'll disagree strongly with the depot thing but that's neither here nor there no no Lance. Lance Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Lance. I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. The thing that I I mean, I did love Lance on the Pacers, loved him on the Pacers. But what I would have to say about that is when he did come off the bench, he uh managed the ball. I mean, he held it the whole time, and then if he wanted an assist, he passed it with four seconds left. Which I mean, he'd pass it to Sabonis who'd get his points, but I mean it's just mostly the Lance Stevenson and Sabonis show. You'd see Corey Joseph over there, like kind of bummed the whole game because he just had to watch Lance Stevenson initiate the offense every time. Yeah, fair game, enough. So. And Lance Stevenson, I mean, he was out there to be watched. I mean, he's not going to play that role all the way, sitting into that role that the coaches want him to. Uh, and so I see what you say. As far as a solid player, absolutely. Yeah. There's something you can expect to be like a. Uh, or a player you can expect to really fit into the offense or be trying to fit into the offense. Yeah, definitely. That's a good way to say it. All right, let's but, talk about... Oh, sorry, oh, go, go ahead, Anthony. No, I was just going to say... I was going to shift it to Warren. Yeah, that's where I was going to go next. The guy we got for cash considerations and then they gifted us an extra pick in the draft. What a deal. What a freaking deal. No, 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 hang on. The Phoenix Suns were able to sign Aaron Baines with that extra money, so... True. Let's just let's just say... Look, the Suns didn't make a terrible decision. Nobody right? cares about Aaron Baines, Jack. <laughs> How dare you say that? Australia's going to be so mad at us. Yeah, hang on. We have 2% followers from Australia on Instagram, so... <laughs> let's strike that comment. Yeah, they're, uh, they're new LaMelo fans. Since watching him the last few games, they don't care about Baines either. Here's an interesting stat on uh, TJ Warren I saw today. I was I was thinking about how he's a really good he has been a good scorer in Phoenix, but I was wondering how efficient of a scorer he is and if that's going to translate over to our team. He has a sixteen point three per, which is decent for a player like him. Boyan last year had a sixteen point one, so we're getting a similar efficient player, and I, that made me feel pretty positive about him coming in. Yeah, and if you watch the first game that we played over in India. I mean, everything I saw from Warren just totally made me breathe easy. Five from six for three-pointers. Hit the clutch shot to tie it up in the end. I mean, and they were really caring about that game over yeah. in India, you know? He makes space to get his and, shots up, too, which I mean, is he penetrates. I mean, he can run that lane and take some tough shots. So I think he might be the go-to ball handler, especially in his first few games. We're going to want to see what we can get out of him. I think he's, but his shooting, I think this year, one of the things that's so super overlooked is how good of a shooting team we have. We're going to see a lot more threes this year, especially with Lamb, Warren, 
and Brogdon, all who we've just been talking about. I mean, also, let's not forget we lost Bogdanovich and Collison, who both were top of the league in three-point percentage the past couple of years. But well, I think I think Collison, three-point percentage three years ago or, or three seasons ago or two seasons ago, but volume, no. I'm, I, I don't think anybody's going to get me on this. I'm so happy he's gone, and I think Warren, I think we have <laughs> such a better team, guys. Heck yeah. Uh, with Warren, I do want to add, uh, he was on the uh, week, week, week Phoenix Suns. And I, I, I don't know if he's a good stats, bad team type of player, but by all accounts, I mean, it seems like he's ready to go and make some noise this season. That is one concern, and another concern is he is also a player coming off an injury that we'll have to look out for. Yep. But worst case scenario, we lost a little bit of money and gained a draft pick, right? Yeah, but these both of these sets of players we've been talking about here um, I mean, first, Brogdon, Warren, and Lamb, uh, beautiful pickups, all kind of know how to be a good, solid role player, not a star of a team, but how to be the supporting role. I mean, what, 15 points per game, 15 points per game, and 18 points per game right there? And then also Alizé, Sumner, and uh, and Holiday. I think those six players who, I mean, have yet to show all the way out in the Pacer uniform are going to really color the team up, man. I'm so pumped. And don't forget Justin Holiday. True. Oh yeah, how can we forget Justin Holiday, another shooter? I mean, he is important to talk about. He he's been a good player. Teammates love him. He gets to work with his younger brother now too, and help him out with his development, which I think is huge and super under. Uh, and especially for morale. Yeah, for morale as well. So I mean, hopefully he accepts his role. I'm sure he knew what his role was going to be coming into the season. He had to have. Yeah, but I mean, I just I mean I hope he accepts it because he's not going to get a lot of time, but. When we do have injuries, he's going to be asked to step up. I think this is going to what this will do the most for the Pacers is rub off on Holiday's confidence. Uh, Aaron, I mean, rub off, rub off on Aaron's confidence. I mean, your big brother's there, not just to be like little brother, big brother, but I mean, all these these guys are kids moving to individual cities, trying to be grown men playing sports. I mean, and there are a lot of stories about how like lonely or maybe tough or i know for me when i went to college trying to impress people or something like that you know so i mean just imagine having a brother there helping you just be yourself stay confident in your game um especially with a guy who loves to pull up like aaron does i think it'll make him pull up maybe twice as much i love it are we missing anybody nope oh jakar sampson well did you you want to talk a bit about some guys like Jakar Sampson, maybe some Brian Bowen talk. I mean, Brian Bowen was supposed to be a great prospect coming into college. Kind of hurt uh, Louisville's program a little bit. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Sound off the controversy alarm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was it? $100,000 that he was going to accept? $100,000. I think they still got it. I think the family had it. Like They, they didn't have to give it back. more than that, right? Well, his dad was getting it. Brian Bowen had nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they give Louisville their championship back. Am I right? Well, they gave it to the players. All right, we're not getting into this. <laughs> yeah, let's. Get, we're talking about the Pacers. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Jeremy's Louisville, uh, Louisville guy. Well, what I'm hyped about Brian Bowen is just the fact that he was going to be the face of uh, college basketball. And now I got him on the Pacers. And I think it... Uh, I think he'll be a good role player, but I think nobody knows what to expect from him. I mean, he could show all the way out, or he could just settle into a role. I have no idea what to expect. Well, I would expect G League this year. Yes. But continued development, and, you know, we'll see what happens. We have a lot of young guys, too, that we're hoping to develop over him. Like you mentioned already, Aaron Holiday, Alizé, Edmund Sumner, Miles Turner. 
I mean, all these young guys that were still developing. Um, so I don't know if there's space for Brian Bowen in the future, but I mean, if he turns into something, like that's a good trade asset. And if he really turns into something, that's a good piece for us. Yeah, he could be a, uh, oh, never mind. I was going to say he could be like uh, the next controversial, controversial player we have in Indiana, but we don't need that. I was just joking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we've had enough of that reason. Um, but yeah, he's low risk, high reward, I think. Sure. I agree with that. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Pacers pod. All right, we're back. We're going to talk some uh, keys for the development of the team throughout this season. Uh, one of the keys I have is using the time that Oladipo is out to develop and let let these players really grow into themselves and see what we got from everybody on the team, not get locked into one rotation. We really want to find out how each of these players is going to fit with each other and learn from each other. And I think it's going to be super important since we have such a young team with new pieces and a lot of guys that can fill different roles that we figure out exactly what we're getting from everybody. Yeah, definitely. The uh, only thing I could see the team doing differently than that is trying to win early just so, like, when Oladipo is healthy and ready to come back, like, we can make that push. But I totally agree. Like, I want to see Edmund Sumner in there. I want to see Aaron Holiday get 30 minutes a few times. Yeah, and I don't want to experiment and cost us games. I, it needs to be in the flow of the game, yeah. in the flow of how the season is going. But these guys deserve to get their chances while Oladipo's out. Like you don't want to see Brian Bowen start or TJ Leaf start? Uh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I agree. I agree with I agree with all of that. And I think the reason that that is going to happen is because of our coach. We have the perfect coach for this situation, especially. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of his mindset is uh, play defense, play your trusted veterans make sure you win games the right way but what we've seen over the past few years is he's willing to play these young players like he played miles turner immediately he's played aaron holiday pretty good minutes i mean not like what we all really want like we would have loved to see him or i would have loved to see him play over Corey joseph uh, i think he would have shocked the world if he got real minutes last year yeah but the thing is is like when edmund sumner towards the end of the season was getting some starting minutes um, that was huge, and I think that was good for us to see that from Coach Nate McMillan as well because, like, he is adapting to the times and ready to play these young guys, which we really need to do, like, with Alizé Johnson ready to contribute, hopefully, and uh, Edmund Sumner and Aaron Holiday again. Like, it would be good to see them. But I agree, Jeremy. I do want to see them experiment with these lineups, um, which leads me into mine, if I can share mine. Uh, I really want them to – this is very specific, but I really want them to try T.J. Warren at the four, and here's why. I think when Oladipo comes back, we start Brogdon, Depot, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren, and then Miles Turner Sabonis. If TJ Warren works in that position, I think that gives us ample opportunity to try to trade Sabonis or Turner. That's actually one of the number one lineup experiments I'm looking forward to. Oh, is if he yeah. works out the four. Dude, so um I, I don't know what his defense is like because he did play with the Suns and their defensive numbers have never been great. So I don't know what he looks like individually. Um, from clips, it looks like he works hard um, and he's an aggressive player. But, I mean, we'll have to see what he looks like um, on the Pacers. But if he can work on the floor and space the floor, which, I mean, three-point percentage-wise, he's always been pretty good. If he can space – recently been pretty good, I should say. If he can space the floor, um, then we can have Miles Turner down there. We can have Sabonis down there. Um, and then – try to trade the other one, whichever one we don't keep. Um, and then, plus on defense, like, he's going to be able to guard the four, hopefully, and especially in this league where there's quicker fours who shoot the three. Um, 
that's where we're going to need someone like TJ Warren to step up. Anthony, give us a key for development this season. Oh, I really like what, what Jack said and what you said. Uh, I love that lineup. Um, and, and on top of that, also, I think we talked about it earlier, but switching out, uh, or, and just in my mind, once Depot's back, uh, Brogdon at the three, or maybe seeing Holiday step up to the one, too, getting minutes there. But I love, I love that. Um, the development key for me that I think that <clears throat> uh, the Pacers are going to push, and I think need to push, is uh, the volume of three-pointers we're shooting every game. Uh, this is... And I think last year we had shooters, shooters. And the one thing you can say about the Pacers is we had shooters. But even this year, more than last, we are we're tall and we have shooters at every position and depth-wise. So I think we're going to see a lot more threes, especially with how you know, Golden State coming and changing the game a few years ago. But now the Rockets elevating that game and taking it to another level. Uh, I think the Pacers are going to kind of play that game a little bit. Even though we are a defensive team and that's really our strong suit, that's how we play is team ball and defense. I really would love to see more threes, and I think we're going to get them. I think you're dead on there. Uh, one final key I have, and this is for the team and for us and for fans, don't panic. Because we, we don't know exactly what we're going to look like at the beginning of the season. And if it, if it doesn't start off great, we can't start bailing. We, we just got to keep on working. We're going to get better as the season goes on. We're going to get Depot back. It's, it's going to end up being good. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Jack hasn't stopped shaking in two months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to close by talking a little bit about our predictions for the season. Uh, we're going to break it up just a little bit. We don't know when Oladipo is coming back, but just we have a rough idea. So let's talk about how we're going to look pre-Oladipo and then how we're going to finish out the season. I got a hot take. All right, let's hear it. You know, I think we've all been duped. I think that because of the media and the news and just the need for there to be consistent reporting on injured Oladipo has put out so much information that we're not just looking at these videos and going one plus one equals two. And that is Depot's back early December and of November. I don't care about all of the hoopla, uh, especially from his press conference where he wasn't letting any details slip. I think he's gonna. Everybody's gonna be surprised. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and we're gonna get him back way earlier than we thought. I am sort of with you. I think two months. I think around Christmas is when we're gonna get him back. And here's here's why. I think we're going to even if he's ready to go, we're gonna hold off a minute, make sure he is fully ready to come back. And I say that because the beginning of our schedule this this year is pretty easy. It's way easier than the end of our schedule. So I'm looking at it. If we, if I think in the first two months we can go like 20 and 10, somewhere around there, we play the Pistons, the Hawks, other really bad East teams a bunch in the beginning of the season. So if we're around 20 and 10 and he can come back then, I think we're set up real nice for the second half of the season. Yeah, that's a really good point too, and especially shaving two months off of the amount of time he'll need to be playing this season yeah. will really put him in such a zone right around playoff time. He's not really going to be feeling the fatigue that somebody like Warren is or something like that, maybe. so. Let me read you the schedule through mid-November. You ready? Yep. We have the Pistons, Cavaliers, Pistons, Nets, who probably will still be figuring stuff out. Actually, they could come out hot with Kyrie, but I think towards the end of the season, it's going to go into shambles again. I think it's going to be look a little bit worse than Kyrie on the Celtics. Yeah, it could. I mean, this it kind of feels like if it doesn't work here, then it may not work other places. So, Nets, then Cavs, Bulls, 
Hornets, Wizards, Pistons, Magic. This is all in order. Thunder, and then we get the Rockets. So that's already, what, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. That's 12 games in. We get the Rockets, then Bucks, then Nets. Once we hit the Rockets, it starts to get a little bit tougher. Yeah. And then after the new year, it gets uh, quite a bit tougher. But those first few games, it's a really easy schedule. Dude, if we can start the season, what, 8-3 and three, or 9-2, and two, those first 11, which I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how good we are matched up with them without Oladipo. But, I mean, if we can start that way, then we could probably see Oladipo coming back um, earlier than what the Pacers are planning right now make that pay, that playoff push that's a really good take jack and and really this for the season outlook and my prediction for those first maybe 20 games man i think seeing us going 500 in those first 20 games playing around with those lineups i really think if by then depot comes back we're still hitting fourth or fifth seed in the playoffs anywhere between 40 and 50 wins that's that's about where I have us at the end of the season too. A five or a six seed. I think our win total is going to be right around where we were last year. I think we'll we'll be right around 45, 46, 47 wins. Our over under is forty six and a half right now. Yeah, but I think, they I, nailed I think it. in order to maximize that um, and maximize what we want to do this year, uh, especially with Nate playing around in the lineups in the first twenty games, we have to go at least five hundred without Depot. And I think 500 is a worst-case scenario without Depot. I think we'll be well above that. Yeah, with a with an East that the bottom feeders are very weak this year. And, I mean, we're playing a lot of those teams to start the season. Yeah, I think it's very possible. How about you, Jack? What about the season outlook? Uh, Pre-Oladipo? Sure. Pre-post, where do you see us at the end? So, as far as Oladipo, here's what I'm feeling. Um, I think, Anthony, you're nailing it right on the head when you say he can come back mid-November. Uh, is that what you, you said? Mid-November, correct or late? Is it about late November, early December? Is gonna be like that? Will be the shocker. That'll be oh, he duped us. He yeah. came back way earlier than expected. I think he's gonna come back way earlier than expected in practice, but be game ready. But I don't think they're probably gonna play him until they really need him, which could come around January. Which I personally am shooting for January in my head when Oladipo is gonna come back. Like I don't want to get ahead of it. I really don't think they're gonna push him coming back because last season you could definitely tell the start of the season he was only averaging 18 a game and his knee was bothering him and I think when he took that break and then rushed back uh, you definitely saw a worse version of Oladipo where he was favoring one leg and I think he overcompensated and that's what ended up uh, rupturing his uh, what's it called quad his yeah his his he ruptured his quad so I think them rushing him back taught them a lesson and I think they're going to be really patient this time around and I think with what we saw from the Warriors in the playoffs last year where they rushed back both KD and Clay, and then both those players are yes. now out again, I think every team is on notice a little bit with injuries this season. Injuries have just been getting crazy the last five years. I'm sure they always have been, but like, I mean, starting from that Hayward fall or even oh. PG's ankle break, it's almost like the injuries get so intense for these star players. It really gets you nervous if they're going to come back full strength or, or better. Injuries really get intense for Indianapolis fans. Paul George had dual soldier surgery. Like, we'll see how that looks, too. I mean, at, like, the more and more injuries that players are getting, um, you know, the it's more just injuries they're, they're going to come back looking like. Paul George is soft. If he drank more water, he wouldn't. Yeah, 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 Paul George is soft. <laughs> 
Hey, what was that that Gatorade commercial when he played for us? Ball game. Ball game. <laughs> Jack, what do you got for uh, our seed in the playoffs this year? Okay, this is crazy. I've been looking at the East up and down. I'm not convinced by the Nets. I still have a lot to see from the Celtics. You guys know I'm not a big Jalen Brown fan. I'm not convinced Jason Tatum's going to change his ways. Celtics don't have a big man. They have an S. Cantor, but, I mean, he can't play a lick of defense. You're right. They don't have Taco Fall. Okay, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Celtics are the one seed. <laughs> no, the Nets, I'm not convinced are much better. The Celtics, I'm not convinced are much better. Actually, they'll they'll be more fun to watch, but I don't know if they're much better. The Sixers are better. The Raptors are not much better. Well, doesn't matter. We got Lamb now. We got Lamb. Yeah, Raptors are irrelevant. But the Sixers are better. The Bucks got a little worse, but they're still better than us. Honestly, if the Pacers do this the right way, I have us at the three seed. Wow. That's a hot take. It's a hot take. I know the Miami Heat have Jimmy Butler, and they're going to make a trade. And I know the uh, the Orlando Magic are getting better. But, man, if if the Pacers end the season at the three seed, I would I can kind of agree with those those teams, though, that you say are kind of right at the top. Even if the Pacers settled in at, like, fourth and not third, I would see Phila finishing first in the East and Milwaukee definitely second. Yeah, and don't forget, we uh, ended up as the fifth seed, almost fourth seed last year with a hobbled Oladipo the whole season and without Oladipo for a lot of the season. Yeah. It's true. Different team, same coach, same system. Um, same core beliefs, but we'll see. Yeah, and this team without Depot is better than the last team without Depot. All right, guys, I think we covered everything here today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram if you don't already at all.pacers, and we'll be having a lot more content there and on this podcast for you guys. I'm not sure when this podcast is dropping. If it's before our game Wednesday, be sure to watch that. Check out this team in action. If not, we have a full season of games coming up for you. Very excited for all that. For Jack, Anthony, and Combs, I am Jeremy, and we will see you all next time. Peace out. It's all about team basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent.